Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. And so the most improbable run to an NBA Finals ever continues in improbable fashion. Last night in Boston. I'm Greeny. I'm delighted that you are here. That's our one place to start. And I'm delighted that my buddy Alan Hahn, who's got his own radio show to get ready for and everything else, is good enough to spend a few extra minutes with me today after we wrap up Get Up. I promise I'll let you go with plenty of time to prepare to face Bartholomew because Lord knows what he's coming at you with today. But, <laughs> but, but you know, you and I have been talking now since 6 o'clock this morning when we started our pre-show meeting. And I thought of all the things anyone said to me today, the thing that made that resonated with me the most, and anyone listening to this, you're well aware, I have been riding the Celtics are going to come back and win bandwagon. And I will forever believe they should have won this series. Game three is when they gave this away. At the end of the day, when the Celtics look back, it will not be last night. It will be game three they should look back on. It was the game three no-show. It really was the biggest problem, the biggest concern. It actually started in game two when they blew... The, the double-digit lead in the fourth quarter at home, already mm-hmm. losing game one, and understanding the situation that you're in, that you had to win that game, and they didn't do it. And now they go into the must-win. And must-wins a lot of times, semantically, it's not a must-win until it's an elimination game. But as we know, and you talked about it many, many times, now it's 0-151. Teams that were down 0-3 have not come back to win the series. So that must-win was game three on the road. And it wasn't that you lost a, you know, a, a tightly contested game. Maybe you got outclassed. Maybe it's just at the end their crowd was better and you couldn't. You did not show up for that game at all. And the terminology that Joe Missoula had used along the way with his team is let go of the rope. Game two, he said, we competed. We just let go of the rope because it got difficult. And I thought what Nick Friedel said on, on, on Get Up just earlier was really the most damning statement to make about the Celtics, and that is they are a front-running team. They have so much talent, but it has to go their way. I think that's right. I think it's impossible to fight back against when you see how many times they almost let it slip away in their postseason run last year, how many times they almost let it slip away in their postseason run this year, and in the end it becomes just too much. And the reason I now agree with the, the reason I agree with your take about game three is because by putting yourself behind the 0 158 ball, the reason teams don't come back, even when the better team is the one that is trailing, Generally speaking, the reason that happens is because you put yourself in a position where any one thing knocks you out. That's right. And Zach kept saying it to me last week. Zach Lowe said it over and over again on Get Up, and I made the mistake of not listening. But he kept saying to me, you're just one Jason Tatum's rolled ankle away from this thing getting away from you. And that's what happens last night. And so as unfortunate as it is, they kind of deserve for that. You, you called it karma, and I think they kind of deserve that. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. And you hate to say that about injury because we're not like nobody's rooting for injuries here, right? But when that injury happened at the start of that game, that's the first thing I thought of was, all right, here it comes. It, it caught up to you finally. That you messed around. You know how a lot of athletes call it playing with your food, right? Yeah, yeah. That's all they did throughout this playoff series. And it's why, you remember the last time we were together and you tried to get me to agree with you that this was going back, this was going to happen. And Saturday night, boy, I'll tell you what, that put back, I looked at my wife and I said, oh my God, I'm going to have to say those three words. Legrini <laughs> was right. But luckily I didn't. But still, when you, when you consider that when you mess around in a series like this, you're extending it, you're adding games that are unnecessary. And that's what opens the door. That's that. the reason why I wouldn't agree with you, because we all felt the momentum change. But I didn't agree with you only because that slim margin of error that Zach Lowe was talking about, that that one thing that can happen 
The more you lengthen a series that is unnecessary to lengthen a series. Atlanta, it happened against them. In, in ga- after game two, they gave up 123 points a game. Why? Against Atlanta. Why? They just weren't mentally locked in, focused. They thought they could out-talent teams. But when you mess around like that, it opens the door for that game that you didn't have to play, that now somebody gets hurt. And that injury happened in Game 7. That's why I said karma finally caught them because they messed around too much. And in this series, this is not the team to mess around with. And that Game 3 will live in infamy because the, that Derek White put back, that should have been the Havlicek stole the ball, right? Yeah. It, it was supposed to be that. Now it's just a footnote in the history of Boston sports. No, you're 100% right. That could have been the snapshot, the progressive NBA snapshot, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive protects your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, and RV, and could save you money. Visit Progressive.com. No, I think you're absolutely right. And, and so the postmortem on the Celtics begins, and we start figuring out what their future looks like. And I'll have a lot of time today to get into this. But I just want to make sure sometimes we throw numbers out there. and They don't seem so I can throw out for you what the total value of the extension that they could sign Jalen Brown to this offseason is. And it'll sound like a lot of money. It's almost three hundred million dollars. It's jarring. But we hear that all the time. Like a guy's getting these huge contracts. Oh, what is it? Twelve years? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, baseball. Right. Hold on a second. This is a five year extension. <laughs> so they're talking about paying Jalen Brown. $59 million a year in a five-year extension. Mm-hmm. That's what they could just do this summer. And <laughs> if they offer him that, hard to imagine him turning that down. No one else can offer him as much. You brought up that maybe he doesn't want to be there, and I think there is something to that. But let's just live in a world where he wants to be there. Are you ready to give him that? If, if you're making that decision, are you saying, all right, I'm paying that guy and Jason Tatum $600 bucks going forward, and that's my team? Are we in an NBA now where your second best player gets almost $60 million a year? That's a question that you have to ask. And also, as we know, and, and everybody has pointed out too, as we go forward now in the new CBA in this world now where owners are, they can't have a hard cap, but they set something up that is sort of a manufactured hard cap with all these punitive taxes that build up if you are X amount of dollars over the luxury line. And that's where Boston will live with these two players because, again, Tatum in 2024 can also get himself $300 million. And now you've got two guys making $60 million a year, and that's just two players. So conventional thinking says, of course you give him the money because these are two players, they're 26 years old, and it's very hard. And everybody else is trying to find guys in their mid-20s who are all-stars. Yeah. Like, you'd love to have one. Yep. They have two. And, and they've he plays both to ends of the floor. Oh, no, 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 he's no, no a, question. a great person. I mean, it, the, everything in the world to like about Jalen Exactly. Brown. So the, it sounds like an obvious answer, but I don't think it's that easy, and I think there's a lot of layers to it. It's does, does do the Celtics want to do this going forward, understanding that, that you will have these two players, you have to now build smartly around them, probably have to find guys for lesser money to build around them. And then the question is, as you said, and I, and I love this, I'm actually going to steal this one because I love it. We both host, so I understand it. It's either Tatum times Brown yeah. or Tatum plus Brown. You right. say this about hosting. Yeah. It's me and someone else. The chemistry is either plus or times. I either mul- We multiply each other or it's just we're together. They seem like it's plus because we never see them in a two-man game. We never see them working off each other. Even Harden and Bede actually play off of each other a little bit and pick and roll, and at times it has worked. This, this is not like that. 
So does Boston say, we've got two super talents, we've got to find the conduit. We've got to find the one that connects the two of them, a better playmaker. That's hard to do as well. A lot of decisions. But the last part of this is the one I'm not letting go of. I understand it's a lot of money, but Greeny, if you've listened to Jalen Brown, he's either trying to use it as leverage, you better give me the full Supermax, right? So, Because I don't know if I want to stay here throwing that out there. Or does he really believe, I don't know if I'm comfortable living in Boston. I don't know if I like being Robin to Tatum's Batman. Yep. And maybe I want to try going somewhere else. He does have control because if they do seek a trade, if he wants a trade, he can say, I'm signing an extension there, but I'm not signing an extension there. So there's a lot of layers to this that, to me, is the very first job the Celtics have to get to after exit interviews. All right, I got to let Alan go. You got to go get ready for your show today. Bart Scott will be, Lord knows what he's coming at you with today. (laughs) I really appreciate it, Alan. Well done. Thank you very much. In the meantime, as we continue here this morning, I will explain what Alan just sort of touched on there for a moment. The biggest reason why you would break up Tatum and Brown if you were thinking of doing it. Plus, later in this hour, you will hear one of the saddest conversations that I can ever remember hearing in sports. All that is coming up as we get this thing rolling. My name is Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, this is Greeny, and I am presented by Progressive Insurance. In 30 seconds, I'll explain to you exactly what should happen from here for the Boston Celtics, who turn in one of the most disappointing postseason performances I've seen in quite some time. We've got that coming up. We've got a very, very sad story from a sports standpoint, not the true kind of sad story. We have the kind of thing that brings legitimate 
perspective in what we saw yesterday in Chicago with Liam Hendricks. So all of that and more on the way after this word from NHTSA. You know, every day there are drivers on the road who decide not to buckle their seatbelts. Some of those drivers will be ticketed by law enforcement. Some of those drivers who crash won't make it home. Buckling up is the single most effective way to protect your life in the event of a crash and make it home safely to your loved ones. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Let me say hello to Bubba. How are we today, Bubs? Oh, doing all right. Hashtag Bubba, the only member of the, the regular member of the hashtag crew who is here today. Hashtag Cam is on vacation. Hashtag yep. Hembo is uh, on paternity leave, uh, child bonding as we call it. But it was you were left alone as a Celtic fan to watch the demise of your Celtics last night. Before I get into my takes, let me hear Bubba's. Take, take it away for me on what we saw from the Boston Celtics after the miracle win on Saturday night, letting it get away the way they did last night. Yeah, I mean, I, I was with you um, really from the start when you said it, them being down 0-3, I really thought they were going to come back, and they had everything right there for them. They had Game 7 in their building, and I, I mean, I, I guess everything kind of went to hell once once uh, Tatum had that, that ankle, and they were just never able to get past that. But I, I was convinced there was no chance they were going to lose Game seven at home, and and they couldn't they could not have played worse. Um, I was I was shocked. I honestly did not think there was any way they were going to lose game seven at home, and and they were they were pretty bad. So I don't know. I mean, Tatum was bad, Brown was bad. It was just it was just bad all around. So I'm going to give you my overriding take here, and let me start by saying this: the best thing, the best thing about the NBA playoffs is that flukes don't happen. There are no flukes. A best-of-seven series is an, an absolutely perfect way to determine which team is better, particularly in that sport where, for the most part, things don't change that much from day to day. Baseball is different because in baseball, the starting pitchers change every day. In basketball, beyond the um, adjustments that coaches make, bottom line, it's my team and your team, and over the course of seven days, we're going to decide, or seven games, we're going to decide who's best. So the Heat are the better team. The Heat are the better team, even though they didn't have the better players. And as one who has been covering the NBA for 30 years, the reason I kept telling you the Celtics were going to come back and win is because it has long been my belief, backed up by everything I've seen, that in the end, the team with the better players wins. That you can be tough-minded and strong-willed and have a culture and all the rest of that. But in the end of the day, if you're running Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Max Struess out there onto the floor, and I'm running all these stars out there on the floor, I should beat you. And that is the reality. The story of this series is that the Celtics have the better players, but the Heat are the better team. Period. End of sentence. End of paragraph. And so when the better team doesn't have the better players, someone has to answer for it. It's that simple. You want to say it's the Stars? Put it on them, Tatum, Brown. You want to say it's the coach? Put it on him, Joe Mazzula. You want to give me another option? My ears are wide open. But when you have the better players and don't have the better team, then you failed. It's that simple. This is an extraordinary accomplishment for the Heat. I give them all the credit in the world. They are everything the Celtics have proven themselves not to be. They are mentally tough. They are gritty. They find ways to win, not find ways to lose. When the moment gets bigger, they rise to it. They don't shrivel. 
They are 100% of what they are capable of being. They are better than the sum of their parts. The Celtics are less than the sum of their parts. And that's about the most damning thing you can say about a team and probably about a coach. Now, I'm not one who comes on the air and says you got to fire coaches. It's never been my thing. I'm not doing it. Joe Mazzulla is a very young coach, and he, this was just his first year. And if you believe he has it in him to become a great NBA coach, then by no means do you fire him. But that doesn't change the fact that you have to point the finger in his direction for why you lost here. Because at the end of the day, the truest measure of how great a coach is, is look at the talent that he or she has. Did they get more from it or less from it than you would expect? And in this case, you cannot say he got more from it. You can only say he got less. So the Heat win because they proved to be the better team. A seven-game series is the right way to do it. The NBA postseason is long. It is a marathon unto itself. And the winner deserves to win. There are no flukes. There are no champions that didn't deserve it in this sport. You win four. You last through four best-of-sevens. You have earned the trophy you get to hold up at the end. And so now it will be Miami, not Boston, that gets that crack at it. And if you want to give the Heat all the credit in the world, you will get no argument from me, particularly in this regard. The punch they take, Bubba, on Saturday night is one of the great punches you've ever seen a team take in the history of sports. To have a game won and to have it get snatched away the way that one was with 0.2 seconds left on Saturday night, and then have to go on the road two days later to win a game seven, to get off the mat from that punch, 99% of the time in sports, that's a knockout punch. 99% of the teams do not get up off the mat after that loss. So of all the things I give the Heat credit for, Riley, Spolstra, Butler, all of them, the one that I give them the most credit for is that they took that punch and still came back and won. Why do you think of that, Bubba? To me, that was the most of all the things they did. That's the most impressive thing that they managed in this series was to lose that game the way they lost it and still come back and play the way they did yesterday. I would have to agree. I mean, that was such a crushing loss, and, and that's why I thought coming after that, I mean, I was with you no matter what because the Celtics were the better team that the Celtics were going to win if they got to Game 7, and I thought even more after that they were definitely going to win Game 7. But I think, to your to your last point, I think this is the difference between Spolstra and Missoula. If you saw Spolstra right after Game 6, after that crushing loss, he was saying, we're ready to play, we want to play right now, let's go, our team is ready. And I think you can tell how much he got his team ready for that position for Game 7 after that crushing loss, and it shows why he is one of the best coaches, I mean, honestly, of all time, and underrated, truly, at this point, which is still crazy to say. And you, you would have to – and Missoula in the other position, in the grand scheme of things, did not have his team ready, and you would have to imagine if the, the position was flipped, Missoula definitely would not have had his team ready. And so I think all the credit to Spolster for having his team in that gut-wrenching position ready to go in Game 7. Absolutely. And, you know, I think back to something Jeff Ann Gundy once said to me. You're listening to Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. Many years ago, when the Super Bowl was in Houston, so whatever year that was, 
We went down to Houston to do Mike and Mike, and Jeff Van Gundy was coaching the Rockets at that time, and he had us to his practice. And we did a great interview with Jeff. And we were just talking about any number of things because he had worked, I think, for ESPN in between coaching jobs, and so we knew him. I forget why, but we had a relationship with him. And, and then, of course, he came back after uh, the, his time in Houston and has been our, our lead guy since then. But, but um, I think he had also worked at ESPN at least part-time in between because we had some relationship with him. And we went down there, and we're, we're at his practice, and we're sitting afterwards, and we, we get into a long interview. And he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, the most important relationship in sports, in any organization, is the relationship between the head coach and the best player on the team. In any sport, if that relationship works, you have a chance to succeed. And if that relationship doesn't work, then you have no chance. And I think in Miami, and the reason I wanted to bring that up there, Bubba, based on what you just said, is that I think you cannot separate Spolstra and Jimmy Butler from that conversation. Spolstra having them ready and Butler having them ready to bounce back from what, again, in sports is 99% of the time a knockout punch. The loss they have on Saturday night is a is a is a game ending series ending uppercut to the jaw knockout blow, and the combination of Spolstra and Butler did not let it happen. And I think that's where I give the credit. I don't think you can separate the two of them when it comes to the mental toughness, the tenacity, the grit the courage from a sports perspective, and everything else that this team repeatedly shows you. And, of course, a lot of it emanates at the top from Pat Riley. So give the Heat credit. They go into another series in which no one will give them a chance. The Nuggets have been installed at Caesars as minus 360 favorites uh, in this finals. Denver is an eight-point home favorite in Game 1 Thursday the over-under is 219 points. We'll have plenty of time to preview the finals. I'll be on my way to Denver tomorrow. We'll have game one for you Thursday night on ABC. So we'll have time to talk about that. Let me then explain what it was that Allen was alluding to a few moments ago, because this is important. Bubba, did you tell me that the last time I was here one day last week, when I, when I got into a conversation about um, the reason that certain teams get covered on shows like this one, more than others, the reason that we seize on the Lakers rather than the Nuggets and all that. Did you tell me that got a lot of reaction, that people were interested in, in, in my explanation of all of that? Well, yeah, I mean, it definitely got a lot of reaction, at least within uh, the audio, here, the group here. Um, and, uh, yeah, people just seem to love it, definitely within ESPN. We were talking a bunch, just in the radio group, how uh, we were just fascinated by it, interested in it, and then we were getting tweets about it and reaction about it. So people seemed interested just to behind the curtain look at kind of what we were doing. All right, then I'm going to give you another one. I'm not a basketball expert. I'm a basketball fan. I, I love the game, and I've loved it all my life, and I know more than enough about it to cover it. But I can't explain to you um, from an X's and O's standpoint why Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do not fit together better than they do. And by no means do I think it has to have anything to do with their personal relationship. I don't know anything about their personal relationship. They both always say it's great. Every bit of evidence I've seen suggests it's great. And so this has nothing to do with their personalities. But what they do not have is chemistry. And that is something I'm an expert on. Okay? If there's one thing I've learned over 30 years in this business, chemistry, which is the most indefinable 
quality that people can have. This is not limited to sports and it is not limited to broadcasting. This is true in anything in a relationship, in a marriage, in any professional relationship, in any partnership, or any other relationship. Chemistry, to me, is easily definable. People struggle to define it, and that's why they get it wrong all the time. But I will explain it to you as this. Chemistry is a multiplication as opposed to an addition. It is a multiplication rather than a sum total. So, Bubba, if you and I are doing a show together and you and I have no chemistry, in fact, take the show out of it, any partnership, if you weren't doing this for a living right now, Bubba, what would you like to be doing? What, 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 what career path would you like to have chosen? What, what would you like people to say Bubba is the best in the world at right now if it wasn't radio production? Mm. Any business. What would you like to do? I'm going to be a lawyer. You want to be an accountant? You want to be a pilot? What do you want to be? I'll be a lawyer. Give me a lawyer. So you got a law firm, okay? We're going to open up the law offices of Greenberg and Peregrine. We're going to have our own little law firm. And this is what's going to determine whether we are successful or not. If you're bad at being a lawyer and or I'm bad at being a lawyer, then we have no chance to succeed anyway. It is irrelevant. Chemistry cannot make you good if you're bad. It cannot make me good if I'm bad. But if you're a good lawyer and I'm a good lawyer, here's what is going to determine how successful our law firm is. If we have no chemistry, if there is not, does not exist chemistry between Greenberg and Peregrine, then the output, the overall success of that law firm will equal Greeny plus Bubba. It's what I bring plus what you bring and no more. If we have chemistry, if you and I do multiply each other, then that's what it becomes. It becomes Greeny times Bubba. So three plus four is seven. Three times four is 12. When you multiply, I make you better than you are and you make me better than I am. And now we've really got something. And that's what chemistry is. And that is extraordinarily true in sports. I might be great at what I do and you might be great at what you do. But if for whatever reason we do not have chemistry, then we are only going to be so good. And when you look back at the great duos, the great teams in the history of all sports that always exists, some innate ability for me to read your mind and you to read mine. I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. I know how to put you in the best position to succeed. And you know the same. That's what chemistry is. And that's what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown don't have. It's neither of their fault. Neither of them is trying not to have it. Neither of them is not giving everything they have to try and make it work. But for whatever reason, whether it's the way their games fit together, whether it's the way their personalities fit together, whether it's the way they're being utilized. I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is that they have never multiplied each other. Jason Tatum is not better because he plays with Brown, and neither is Brown. So they don't have that. And if you're going to break them up, that would be the reason to do it. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you I would do it. If I've got two players that good, 
I would continue trying to figure out a way to make it work better than it does. But I'd go into it with my eyes open because they've been together long enough by now that I think if they were going to figure it out, they already would have. But Jalen Brown is just too good to walk away from. You're not walking away from Jason Tatum. You're paying him whatever it costs. Because when you get a Jason Tatum on your team, you get on your knees, you thank God that this guy wound up on my team and you pay whatever it costs to keep him. Jalen Brown is a half a step down from that. Jalen Brown is not one of the 10 best players in the NBA. Now, he was second team All-NBA this year. I voted from third team. I felt he deserved to be an All-NBA player. But he's not on that very, very, very short list of the best players in the sport. Tatum is. So if you're choosing one, your choice is easy. Now, if you're going to break the two of them up, you damn well better be getting someone to put alongside Tatum that you think you are going to win a championship with because they've been too close to take a step back. Stephen A. brought up Damian Lillard on our TV show today. That sounds pretty good to me. You put Damian Lillard, who has proved that he has all of the mental toughness and all the grit and all of the things that this team seems to lack and the pure point guard ability to get everyone lined up and orchestrated when at times it appears they are not. And I think at this point in his career, maybe the willingness to put aside whatever he has to put aside in the aim of winning a championship. If that one came together, I would do that. How old is Lillard? Can someone look that up for me? I should have before he came on here. He's obviously a lot older than Jalen Brown. Brown is 26. Lillard is definitively on the other side of 30. But how far past 30 is he? He played four years of college. He's only 32. Okay. So he played four years of college. So he's been around a long time. But he's only 32. That's not old. He's got three, four more years easy of being a top echelon player. So if that option became available to me, I think I'd do it. Now, there are a long list of things that have to happen before that happens. But that feels like a trade I'd make. If I'm the Celtics, and look, the last time they contemplated trading Jalen Brown, which would have been for KD, that got out. And it got to Brown, and I think he's been put off by it ever since, and I get it. If you're going to shop him this offseason, you sort of do so at your own peril. But before you spend $600 million on two players who do not fit together, I would at least be looking into what my other options are. It's a problem most teams in the NBA would love to have, but it is a problem nonetheless. All right, this is Greeny. Someone I like a lot made me very, very sad over the weekend, and you will hear exactly why after this word from AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the check engine light code, it also helps identify the most likely cause of that check engine light being on. The information provided by the free AutoZone Fix Finder service is verified by data from over 5.5 million technicians. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Ah, the music. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. It brings back all kinds of memories. For those who don't know, this is how I got my start in this business, covering the team that made this song legendary forever. And now, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson, and the Chicago Bulls of the 90s, one of the great dynasties in the history of American sports. And when we speak of chemistry, I think sometimes it's underrated, understated, how much chemistry Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen had together. People talk about whether Scottie Pippen is the greatest Robin of all time. Jordan was clearly the best player on those teams. All that is true. Scottie Pippen is the as effective anyway. I don't know if he's the greatest second best player ever because when Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar were together, at some point one of them had to be the second best player. And there have been other teams like that, Shaq and Kobe. But for what they needed him to do, Scottie was perfect. Perfect. Scottie Pippen was the perfect player to be playing alongside Michael Jordan. And there's no way Michael wins six championships without Scottie. And there's also no way Scottie Pippen wins anywhere near what he won without Michael and becomes remembered the way he is now, becomes an immortal. Scottie Pippen is an NBA immortal. Which is all my way of leading up to tell you why it makes me so incredibly sad to see what we saw from Scottie Pippen over the weekend. So I saw the video like you probably did. I'll play some of it in case you haven't. This is from the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast, which I think is Stacey King's podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Stacey was on those first three-peat teams with Michael and Scottie in Chicago and has maintained a very significant presence in Chicago as a, a broadcaster and analyst for the Bulls. It is from his podcast, yeah. And I like Stacey. He's a fun, funny guy. Um, but so Scotty is on there, and he continues to have really 
tough things, bad things to say about Michael Jordan. Now, there's a factor in all of this that is very difficult to talk about. And that is, and I'm just going to put it at its most basic, it's 35,000 foot view. And I I don't know any more about it, so I won't say any more about it. But it is by no means a secret that one of Michael Jordan's sons and Scottie Pippen's ex-wife have some sort of relationship. I, I don't know the details of what it is, and that obviously is an excruciatingly awkward set of circumstances, and it's somewhat easy to see why that might create an issue. I don't know how to put that into this conversation. I don't know how to quantify any of that. So I, I just I won't even try to. But from a basketball standpoint, Scottie Pippen is on that podcast, Give Me the Hot Sauce, and he's talking about Jordan and in particular, Michael, before he, Scotty, got there. LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball. And there's no comparison to him. None. So, does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating. Because I don't believe that there's a great player. Because our game is a team game. And one player can't do it. Like, i seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots. And all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. Okay, so that's Scottie Pippen. Um, I'm not even going to get into how wrong he is. Uh, That that, that isn't what's important here. Uh, He's unbelievably wrong. Yes, Michael Jordan, when he first came in, was a dynamic, brilliant offensive talent who was at times criticized for taking a lot of shots and all that. He was on bad teams with bad chemistry and some guys that they needed to get rid of and all the rest of that. But whatever. What's important here is not how astute the basketball commentary is, because if anyone is going to make that point, you wouldn't think it would be his most iconic teammate, his running mate. The Robin to his Batman, the, 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 the guy with whom he won it all. They're the only players who were on all of those teams. It makes me so sad as I sit there and I watch Scotty, and I will tell you why. Because I was there. I played no role in it, but it changed my life completely. Covering those teams getting this, this, this series of lucky breaks that I got when I was 24 years old and wound up covering that team for a major outlet in Chicago is the absolute reason why I am where I am today, why I have the life I have today. I owe everything I have to Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And so do thousands of people. And forgetting what they did tangibly for people, it's the intangible that matters the most. Those teams brought incalculable joy to millions of people, to their fans in Chicago, to all the fans they made outside of Chicago, to all the fans they made all over the world. They created memories that people will never forget. They created endless joy that I will take with me to my grave having watched it. And the fact that one of the central pieces, arguably the second most important person in all of it, an integral piece of all of it, feels so much bitterness toward it, 
seems to derive no joy from it whatsoever, but instead just this anger and bitterness. It's tragic. From a purely sports standpoint, it's tragic. I don't mean to compare it to legitimate tragedies. But within the purview of sports, it is tragic to me that that man, Scottie Pippen, who is a good human being, derives so much bitterness and seemingly so little pleasure and joy from what he accomplished. Makes me feel terribly sad for him. Back in a minute, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.